Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan Godino, founder and editor of LaughSpin.com. Welcome to another special edition of the LaughSpin podcast. It's a special edition because it's uh, it's interview time, ladies and gentlemen. Usually every week, the LaughSpin podcast prides itself in giving you a, a listener's digest of sorts of, of comedy news and uh, the coolest and the, uh, the most recent audio clips for your ear holes. But this week, we are going to continue in uh, our series of audio interviews that uh, I conducted at Gilda's Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids uh, in March. This week, we are talking to comedian and actress Marilyn Ricecub, who you probably know as Chloe from the incredibly popular Now Off the Air series, 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. You may or may not know that she's also an established stand-up comedian, and, and that's where I, I found her in Grand Rapids, doing some comedy. I had a great, if not somewhat odd chat with Mary Lynn. I say it's odd because I never met her before and uh, I didn't know what to expect really. And then what happened right at the, at the onset is that I just kind of, I just kind of unloaded on her, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. Holy shit. I just said that. And, and, and now I'm thinking you guys are thinking that I like started yelling at her or something. Not at all. I started getting, for some reason, very personal very quickly. And so that kind of makes for an interesting uh, first few minutes of this interview. But I, I really enjoyed I, I enjoyed my time talking to Mary Lynn, and I appreciate her taking the time to, to chat with me. That's about all I want to say. We, we, you know, we talk about her uh, comedy. We talk about uh, the fact that she's a mom and, and how she uh, sort of deals with that, going on the road and being an actress and, and all that good stuff. But um, that's, that's about all I want to say uh, as, as far as uh, exposition goes. So check it out and uh, let me know what you think. What's going on with you, Mary Lynn? Dylan, who I felt like I met before, but I have not. I don't think we have. No, I we think haven't. I definitely would have remembered if I if I met you. Okay, God. You know, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> you just looked really familiar to me. You just have an easygoing manner about you. See, that's really interesting that you say that. A lot of people say that. What people don't know is that I have uh, anxiety attacks many times a day. Many times a day. Well, I mean, many, many anxiety attacks. What's going on? I mean, nothing. That's just the. That's just who I am. I Why are you so super calm on the outside? I don't know. What about me makes makes me seem super calm? I guess you look very non-reactive. Interesting. Have you always had anxiety attacks? Have they gotten worse or better? Or? I, I feel like they've gotten a little bit worse as I've gotten older. There's more episodes during the day when and and when I say anxiety attack I don't know maybe maybe they're not anxiety attacks but they are suddenly you get this overwhelming sense of what am I doing why am I here I have nothing to offer <laughs> This is quickly turned into wow and we just we just met 
Mm-hmm. By the way, we are in Grand Rapids at Laugh Fest, Gilda's Laugh Fest. I'm talking to Mary Lynn Ricecub. Do you think the people on the third floor within the uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration have something to offer? Their drunken joy. Yeah, they see. See, that's the difference. See, they pro- they don't have that anxiety. They don't, but or the drinking helps them not have that anxiety. That, that's true. That's true. the The drinking the drinking helps them. I mean, the difference between them and me, who will likely remain sober all day today, is I feel like I'm I, at least I'm I have self awareness. Whereas people who are always drunk are just I think always just trying to limit the amount of information they know about themselves. What do you know about yourself that feeds into your anxiety? Shouldn't it be the more you are self-aware, the less anxiety you have? No. Oh, no way. You are so funny. You're like, let them not be self-aware and not have anxiety. The, the more m- self-aware I become, the more anxiety. The, I think the more self-aware you are, the more you're constantly thinking and, and rethinking every everything you do and... That drives you crazy. No? I'm wrong about this? I see where you're coming from, for sure. Because there, there is, of course, drinking or anything that distracts you is going to right. keep you from having to look at stuff. Yeah. I guess. Of course it will. You think I'm so weird. I think you're so weird? Yeah. Uh, no? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. I think you're very intriguing. Well, just different than weird. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad I appear calm. I also my appearance maybe also it looks like I probably smoke pot and mm. I don't because you have I don't know. Very curly hair. dreadlocks. Yeah. They are dreadlocks? I yeah, I guess they are. I don't know. I didn't mean it for it to happen. So you don't smoke pot and you don't drink. No, I mean I drink occasionally, but you know, not as a as a matter of and uh, you're a father, I am I am a father, and that's that's something I wanted to uh, talk to you about. I am I'm a father. I have a, a four year old, and I have a a one and a, one and a half year old. And you yourself, nice going. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Uh, same same to you. Thank you. Your child is four. let's see, four, four and a boy. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So we have greatest guy ever. Greatest guy ever. What's his name? Val. Val. Yeah. How, how in God's name, I, it's, it's so intense for my wife and I just having two kids and, and we have fair, fairly normal lives, but you're, you're, you're an actress, you're a comedian, you're on the road, you're in Grand Rapids now. How, how in God's name does, does that work? It's pretty heavy, dude. It's pretty heavy. I mean, I would say in general, I have a pretty nice lifestyle as far as having a kid because, you know, I'm not working constantly. So I have a lot of downtime but I do have to carve out time for myself and to work the hardest thing for sure is the traveling and coming to places like this yeah I missed uh, his wee ball which is when you're too young to be in t-ball which is the greatest thing ever (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I missed that today and that's not cool yeah for me at all because we, we just signed him up for that. And then, you know, I had already committed to this. But I was like, oh, I can't travel on Saturdays anymore <laughs> because this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, um, but I don't know how you do it with two. That's a whole other 
two is two is intense. Two is not doubly as hard as one. I, it's like four times as, as oh, hard. God. It's and probably obviously my wife is much better dealing with being a mom than I am. Well, what's your deal? You're kind of a entrepreneurial self starter. Yeah. Type of a person. Sure. Yeah. That's how, did you, how do you do that, man? It's uh, it's hard. It's it's my wife is extremely strong, both physically and uh, and uh, <laughs> and mentally. She's uh, very understanding. So you know when I am sitting on the couch, not interacting with anybody, and instead writing a story about I don't know Will Ferrell's new movie. She's very understanding of that. What's the new movie? Wonderstone? Dude, I don't know. I, the I, Magician one? Is that Will Ferrell? No, that's... That's someone else. That's um, Steve Carell. Oh, right. Right, right, And right. Uh, someone, Steve Buscemi. That's right. Uh, apparently, it's not doing very well at the box office. I auditioned for the girl part in that, the assistant. The Olivia Wilde part? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. It was a long time ago that I read the script. Yeah. You didn't get it, huh? No, and it's like... I mean... Who wouldn't want to work with those guys? Yeah. But I'm also just even looking at the billboard. I'm like, I don't, I'm happy that I'm not in that. Yeah. Would have been a nice paycheck, probably. Would have been a great paycheck. Would have been nice, amazing to work with those guys. But at the same time, eh. (laughs) See, you seem very at peace and very easygoing. And now you're laughing. (laughs) <laughs> Why? I mean, I'm probably more at peace than I have ever been. Yeah. I think being a parent and getting older does that. Yeah. Those two things force you to be at peace. <laughs> so you wouldn't be at peace? If I was 25 and childless? Well, no. no, if you were however old you are and childless. No, I probably would be. I, I, I just find that you know the cliche of having a child and the child putting uh, perspective on your life yeah what's important is something that I wouldn't have necessarily come to on my own right I was talking to Julian about that because he you know he's about to have a baby and oh I didn't know that yes I know I didn't know that either he's keeping kind of a low profile on it well Mm -hmm. I just started talking to him um it's nice about the laugh fest. You get to catch up with people. Yeah, it's a comedy chat camp. With people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's once you have a kid, I'm sure as you know, everything else that you worried about is kind of stupid. You're like, oh, that those were my worries before I was responsible for a human life. Those seem silly. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, the pressure is on to kind of support this so that you know yeah you yeah. are worried about everyday things but i just found for myself whatever concerns i had about you know my career or family stuff or just relationships with people it's like dumb you know yeah that time and energy i spent with the things that i spent worrying about right do you do you then find there's you put less pressure on yourself uh, when it comes to, um, you know, auditioning or you know trying to get uh, trying to get jobs, or 
I mean, the pressure is still there. Yeah. Of course. It's just the importance is not as heavy. It's not the be all end all that I foolishly thought it was. It's just part of life, I think is what it is. Because you make room for this other aspect of life that you did that you weren't aware of before right yeah that's healthy right (laughs) that sounds super healthy (laughs) it's pretty healthy you're a very hard person to read i am i feel like you are i like it i feel like you are what are you drinking beet juice beet juice or some other stuff it's kind of thick. It took me the whole walk back to drink that to drink little that. thing. It was an extra. She goes, do you want some extra smoothie? And this was what she called a smoothie. But it's very healthy. I feel very healthy when I drink it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should start drinking some of that. You really should. That's um, what I wanted to talk to you about. What? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Today. About eating healthier? Oh, no. my God. You're going to start. Is that true? No. No, I, I eat pretty okay. Um... I am concerned about your anxiety attacks, though. How can we get rid of those? Um, I don't know. Do you sleep well? Don't tell me you have insomnia on top of it. No, no, no. I I sleep pretty well. Okay. Can you eat the mic more? Yes. Thank you. Um, I I sleep okay. Ever ever since I had children, I sleep perfectly. I, I sleep perfectly fine. Um, do you like having kids? I I like it and I don't like it. It's you know um it's 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 either the the best thing ever or the most intense thing ever. Uh either I want to hug and kiss my children nonstop for hours on end or I want to just run out of the house screaming. There's I know. there's it's never so great. there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground, no middle ground. Like when I get, when I get home, uh, from Grand Rapids, I will be all about them. It's going to be great. Uh, a few hours later, the big one is going to do something so incredibly shitty (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, it's, there's no middle ground. Not yet anyway. Who's, is it a girl and a boy? Two boys. Oh, two boys. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they're nuts. They're both, they're just, they're fucking crazy, uh, which is great. And, you know, I want active kids. I want them to be, you know, uh, sure of themselves and, and confident. And, and, you know, even the little guy, even the, the one and a half year old is, is a little too confident. He's kicking <laughs> ass. Yeah. He's, he's a little too confident. Um, but, um, yeah, I do. I do like, I do like having kids. Do you ever look at him and go, do you guys ever think about, what is the point and do you have any worth just to like give them some of your anxiety <laughs> do you want to know what's in my head <laughs> i think I, about that for a while i i haven't i'm gonna wait until the four-year-old gets a little bit older five or six five or six i think nice i think is is fine uh yeah so that's um i'm just an anxious person i grew up in a in a, in a household where there was always a lot of uh, I mean, my parents are still together. It wasn't like an abusive, you know, household or anything like that. I got along with my parents well. I still do. But 
Um, lots of fighting and oh, really? yelling and we're Italian. I don't know. Is that an excuse? Italians yeah. yell, yell and fight I a think lot. it is. I mean, there was... I feel l- like there was a bunch of tension in my household. Not a lot of yelling. A lot of hard door shutting. Not even slamming. Just a lot of uh, yeah. stifled gesturing and cold stares. See, that's, that's interesting. That would have been nice. <laughs> See, I feel like the yelling would have been nice. I would have enjoyed some yelling. Just tell me what's going on, somebody. Yeah, I mean, that—that that is, uh, you know, uh, again, going back to, to self-awareness. I mean, you can't, uh, I mean, in, in my house growing up, you knew exactly what was on, you know, everybody's mind because there was no, um, there, there, you know, nobody, nobody really hid what they were feeling. Uh, you would yell at somebody and you'd, there would be a big fight. How many brothers and sisters? Just one. I have one brother who's uh, 18 months older than I am. Nice. He's more of a closed uh, of a closed book. He's more doesn't really share his feelings as as readily as I do. Which is obvious since I met you like two hours ago and I'm spilling my guts to you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, this chick that I see that I've seen on TV a million times and never met. Yeah, I'm just spilling my guts to her. Do you look forward to the anxiety attacks? Is that a rude question? I don't think so. Do I? Are they weirdly comforting? I don't think so. It's just terrible. I don't think they're comforting. Just a terrible feeling. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? This is this is uh, this is an interesting interview we're having. I know it's really low key. Yeah. I think it's because I'm probably gonna nap after this so I'm so I'm using this as the <laughs> tea up great great I don't know is that beet juice it so really this took is, it out of me so this so this chat with me is your intro to sleepy time I just made that up I think it was that that beet juice it was the, really uh the beet juice is doing it it's really taking it out of me all right well let, let me let's let's talk about let's, let's talk, get yeah let's, let's talk about it let's talk about you Mary Lynn Oh no! Don't change this. Don't turn the tables. Don't turn the tables. Nobody who, who gives a shit. Nobody wants to hear about my anxiety thing. Who am I? A guy who has multiple anxiety attacks per day and what? wonders what is the point and what is his worth. <laughs> it's terrible. Those, those are they're fleeting. They're fleeting. Okay. Um. So what are you up to? Are you crisscrossing the country doing stand-up? Are you... Do you I have... don't know what to do, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tell me. Talk, break it I down. I don't know what to do. What are you, I'm okay. doing more comedy than ever. Okay. You got to do comedy a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? I have a kid. I don't like to leave my house at night. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of sets, but it's still... I could be doing more. And the next step would be touring a little bit. Right. Which I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit, but uh, I don't like leaving. So what am I doing this for? What am I going to do? I don't know. 
bring the family with you? That's no, that's not going to work. Probably not. It's a pain in the ass. But also, I don't have the uh, capability to do that. I would have to build the audience and get the draw and have somebody to be able to pay to do that, you know? Right. Right. I could probably do that sometimes, and I could build towards doing that. Yeah. If that were the goal. Yeah. All right. So you're, do, you're, you're trying Should to... Should that be my goal? Um, sure. Okay. Um, okay. So, so you're <laughs> so you're getting on stage more. You're doing you're doing more sets. You're traveling uh, a little bit. Um, television, movies. What's what's anything in the in the down- girl? If I had a television show, girl. I would not be on. I would not be doing so much stand up. No, I mean it's kind of uh, a a lucky, you know. Uh, 24 has been off the air for quite a few years now and I've had to retrain my mind to not feel like what's the next big thing because this is terrible feeling into telling myself oh there might never be another thing again right Uh, and so I like that I didn't get on another show and start working 14 hours a day because I get to be with my family and that also gave me the time to get back into stand-up which was a challenge because I'm happy to go to bed at, at 9 p.m. Yeah. Get up with be on my kids schedule. Right. So you know like I just said even just getting out of the house was a big adjustment and then mentally deciding to do it and then once I started doing more sets it started to become really fun and it reminded me of why I started doing it in the first place so then I'm really thankful that I've had this opportunity to be getting back into it you know and connect with an audience because there's nothing better than being able to do that to have that uh, you know reaction um, can be (laughs) really satisfying and creative and interesting, but right. it's also a huge pain in the ass. But you know, it's been a really cool time, uh, and I think necessary for me. But strange. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, I I I feel you about going to. I think going to bed is the the greatest thing in the in the entire world. It really is. Uh, and leaving the house is. Uh, I mean, the other day it was like. It was raining a little bit and I was outside because I had to do something outside and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and I just I told my wife I'm like I'm not I'm not leaving the house again I don't give a shit what happens <laughs> that's the best like I don't when you know that at 4 p.m. <laughs> that's, that's it it's the greatest it's it you know like I you know I, I, I'm as helpful I, I you know put on I, my house pants at four that's it I mean that's it that's it I, I said I'm not I, I I don't know if we need groceries. I don't know if we need to run errands, but I'm not. <laughs> it's not happening. It's, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'll stay home with the kids. I'm I'm not leaving the house again. Uh, so I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. There's something nice about traveling because I do get to focus on, you know, being here and hanging out, which I don't really do. Right. When I'm at home very much. 
Yeah. So that is nice to see other comedians and talk to them and, and do sets in a different city is really, really cool. Yeah. What does, um, what does your husband do? He owns a small fitness studio in the Valley, Los Angeles. It's pretty cool. That's super cool. Does he have, uh, is the little, uh, is the little guy all into, uh, do you guys have him like on a, on a fitness regimen? <laughs> He's a bodybuilder. He's the best in his age group. <laughs> <laughs> you That's know, good. You he's, got- he's there. We, we all go there as a family mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, on the weekend. Yeah. If my husband has to work, it's cute. We hang out there. It's good. It's you know, it, he's four. You have a four-year-old boy. I do. He's like, oh, yeah, my muscles. And, <laughs> you know, he does his uh, so-called push-ups. Right. His, his form is a disaster. <laughs> As you can imagine. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. It's nuts. Life, man, you know? Life, you know? Fucking A. You're going to go back to L.A. and be like, I met this dude and he interviewed me and I have no idea what happened. You're going to talk to your your comedian buddies. Yeah. What is going to happen? This is your podcast. And tell them. I have no idea. I have no idea. You're going to put this on the Internet. Hell yeah. Is this your podcast? weekly well we do we do a uh, the laughspin podcast is a weekly comedy it's it's an extension of laughspin.com where it's like a 30 to 45 minute comedy news roundup um so we don't we don't have guests it's me and a co-host and we do news and we listen to clips uh if somebody put out a new album we'll listen to a track we'll listen so you're to- really in the know about comedy yes. you should tell me what to do give me career advice wow you, you, you should just be like, go get a part acting on a TV show. That's my advice. <laughs> you know nothing Jerry, Seinfeld, you know nothing Jerry Seinfeld did? You know, you know like the, he did a show. And then, oh, th- the, that's what you should do. Oh, okay. I should just get my own show? You should do that. You should. If I was a comedian, that's what I would do. The best part is people constantly coming up to me and going, so what are you up to? And I'm like, um, this here <laughs> what i just did on stage for 30 minutes so what are you up to are you doing anything <laughs> and i just wait like is the 24 movie coming out i'm like i don't know Has i'm there, not in charge of have that have been talk of a 20 i'm so yeah i'm so comedy focused i have no idea what's going on people in the twitter me world. about that almost daily but then there was something recently that finally said it's not gonna happen mm-hmm it's really a bummer because there's so many people that are diehard fans. Uh, well, here's here's what's going to happen. And uh, then there was somebody recently that Twittered, if we did a Kickstarter campaign, would we make... That's exactly what I was just going to say. Someone's going to just make it? Some, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a Kickstarter, and I love Kickstarter, but I feel like Kickstarter has been abused. Uh, for instance, most recently... Um, you may or may not have heard this, but uh, Veronica Mars. There's oh, I saw people twittering about that, yes. but I didn't know what they were talking about. So now about. there's going to be a Veronica Mars movie. Wait, what, that's a Kickstarter thing? Yes. It is? Yes. So Veronica Mars, I think it's a great show. Kristen Bell, love her. How can you not? Did she start the Kickstarter? No. 
Okay, I don't understand what it's happening. Somebody, I don't know who exactly. And they're just calling it a Veronica Mars week, but the people who had who made the show are have nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, no, yes, yes. What? Yes. They wanted to raise, I don't know, I honestly don't know who started it. But, I mean, they're on board. Kristen Bell's on board, and the guy that, uh, Rob Thomas, I believe is his name, is, is, on, is on board. And here's my thing. A Veronica Mars movie would be great. They raised two or three million dollars. They're going to do a very low budget um, film. I'm sure none of the actors are getting paid. They're just, you know, trying to pay, I don't know, crew or, or whatever. Here's my thing. Kristen Bell and Rob Thomas most certainly have $2 million between the two of them laying around doing nothing. Just use your money. If you want to do a Veronica Mars movie, use your own money. Don't exploit your fans. I mean, these are people, these are Hollywood insiders that can certainly get funding or self-fund this project. And I just don't. I'm an. I'm in a different. Coming at it at a different okay. angle. Okay. I just don't understand if it's not the creative team that's responsible. I mean, you mentioned that they. I don't know the whole story. I have to look into it. But that it's the actors signed. The whole thing seems. The very creative. Strange. The creative team in in some way is behind it. I don't. I don't know. I, I should have. I didn't know we were going to be talking about. It. I would have done. <laughs> I would have done better. I would have done better research. But they're they're behind it. Like, because I mean, to me, the 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 reason why the twenty four movie isn't happening is because the different, you know, factions of it, entities and people that were in charge, did not come together and agree on something okay. and able to get it done. The, the people who own it, the people who creatively own it. Um, so that's why putting Kickstarter into the equation seems so strange right, because you're it right. really and I think that's what's more offensive than actors going into their bank accounts or not going into their bank accounts or not going into their bank accounts but I mean as an actor you're already well maybe not in the case of her because it's she's the star of it but even more so it, it it's very confusing to me because I was I that is the most outlandish thing I've ever heard, and I apologize. The thing? No, like if for someone to say uh, a twenty-four Kickstarter movie to me, yeah, you're. It feels wrong on every level, and I don't mean to offend. I I love that fans love stuff so much that yeah. they want to do it. I think that's amazing, and you know, being on a show like Twenty Four and experiencing that kind of those kind of fans is the best but the idea of going through kickstarter just is very wrong to me on all levels right well and and, and in 24's case it wouldn't matter because it's not that uh the money's not there it's that the, the creative forces just aren't making it happen correct right yeah who knows right i'm, so kickstarter I'm also very flattered that people would think that i would have anything to do with that <laughs> or knowing what's going on as if they would call me to get my opinion <laughs> or know how and also a fan saying let's just make it ourselves <laughs> I don't, what are you talking about <laughs> I, I mean I have a thing in my stand up where I tell people I'm not really a computer expert I'm sorry to disappoint everybody Right. again what a 
amazing thing for me to be in that and for people to associate me with this um you know with the show right i don't i didn't watch 24 before i was on it <laughs> i was acting yeah i think i'm i'm going to be confident and say i did a pretty good job acting because i don't know anything about computers <laughs> no I did very little research into computers. That's not interesting to me. <laughs> so we'll just have to wait for uh, the 24 movie. Not not happening. Well, it's just not going to happen, guys. Yeah. That's okay. I wish it would. It would be great. I would love it. Yeah. It would be nice. And it's uh, amazing to me that I was on it and am associated with even with that genre. And I love it. It's exciting, but it's so much. I, it was a job I was hired for and right. immersed in that world. Were you were you doing stand up before acting or did the acting come and then? I was doing performance art and people were laughing at me and I didn't know why they were laughing and then I was meeting comedians and so I was doing live performances in LA mm -hmm. in the alternative comedy scene in the 90s so it wasn't ever really a club act but I did a lot of comedy and a lot of stage time in these different rooms sometimes in a character but mostly as a stand-up which was is a certain character it was more so back then more of a conceptual I was a lot more neurotic so that kind of fueled my performance uh, did you just point to me when you said neurotic you know as you know <laughs> oh okay gotcha as you as you as you understand <laughs> uh, and then I started getting auditions from performing in LA and you know so when, when you say performance art what what exactly are we talking oh geez I don't really remember I had a podium that I made. It was a kind of, looking back on it, it was just physical comedy without the jokes mm -hmm. written in. Or uh, And I was saying comedy, but I wasn't writing the jokes. It was uh, acting them out. I had a podium that kept falling apart and that, as if I was giving a speech, and then the papers would get all messed up, and then the different wor the words wouldn't be in the right order. Right. And, uh, so all my performances were always performer audience based you Got know it. a lot of people that did performance art it would be more sculptural or whatever right so i just didn't know that i was doing comedy because i didn't ever see myself as having the ability to communicate in that way because i didn't have a lot of self-confidence so i never imagined that i would be the type of person who would say here I am and here's what I think about stuff in your face. You know, that was incredibly foreign to me. So right. I somehow ended up doing it sort of through a back door of just exploring the performance aspect of it and finding that there were awkward moments and moments of laughter and then slowly over time becoming somebody who was more comfortable with uh, speaking words that maybe have meaning that other people could relate to. Right. And so that kind of segued into you 
getting acting jobs? Yes, like one of on my stage. first auditions was for a ner- for a nervous secretary on a Meredith Baxter Bernie pilot. Mm-hmm. I did not have a car. My manager drove me to the audition, and I was so n- literally nervous. But I used it in my performance because that was a tactic that I was used to in doing these stand-up things, where I would use the state I was in. You know, some of my early sets, I would just be saying. My name's Mary Lynn, and it was coming from a genuine social, uh, you know, uh, from a, I didn't, I was nervous to not only, you know, be at a party, let alone being standing on stage. And so it'd be, you know, say, what, you know, what, what are you looking at? And it would get laughter. Right, right. Well, so you see how it's coming from like my behavior and my neurosis, but the writing is backwards. I wasn't consciously thinking I'm going to write about a person who's nervous and they don't think they can say their own name. Like it had to come from that, that feeling and that behavior first. And then the writing of it could come after, I guess. But anyway, so I went to this audition and was so nervous, but I was able to kind of funnel it. And, you know, they said, Oh, well, you're going to producers. And I didn't know what that meant. And so they were doing it on the next floor at the same time sessions, like doing more of a, you know cow call thing and so I went up there and then I saw Meredith I think I've told the story before on a podcast I'm having a deja vu but I saw I was doing it the second time and I looked up and I saw you know the mom from Family Ties that I watched growing up and I got even more nervous and then I couldn't speak and I saw on her face she felt bad for me she just in her eyes she was like oh no and then I just like lost it and kind of like got paralyzed and then like left the room so you never the audition never happened then I was in the middle of it reading oh. it and then was like all right and just stop it just stopped happening and then just I'm sure I awkwardly left I probably made it halfway through the material got it uh that's pretty intense yeah so there was a time where you know the performing was more therapy and it was more this tightrope act of using my actual neuroses in that moment which is kind of cool it again it's just a backwards way to learn about stand-up where you because you have to be real in the moment to a certain extent i guess it depends on what your style is some people do that more than others right and so then i would which is interesting of what of different comedians some of them are naturally actors and other ones could never be an actor because they're yeah so themselves as stand-ups that they but there is an element to acting in stand-up because you have to recreate that moment you're you're repeating your material right yeah so for you to then you know become chloe in in 24 you i'd imagine you'd have to suppress basically every aspect of your personality i mean i know one of the the cliche questions that like hollywood reporters ask actors is do you see yourself in your in your character and i feel like there was probably very little of yourself in your character I'm 24 uh I disagree really I think that I 
that you there it has to be you okay. on a certain level i mean i i kind of just try to put myself in the position of what would i be like if i were that type of person that had that type of job so it still is my personality traits sort of mm-hmm. filtered through me imagining you know being smarter (laughs) more heady you know more uh more the the socially awkward thing is in common yeah but that show is also you're imagining the stakes of everything is so much higher because right out of the gate there's always a terrorist attack so everything's on high alert so then you're playing in this arena where how do you find like fluctuations in a situation that's already at like the world's about to end and someone's about to die and so you're kind of uh finding in yourself what you know what makes you panic or what what you i didn't have a kid at that time or you know what you feel responsible for or what you feel your duty is and you're you know you're drawing upon all of those emotional things so that's why that I mean, you know when I was joking around about not studying computers, I think that's really cool when actors do. I, I mean, I did minimal amount of research, but to me, it's more about the emotional state of that person than the actual knowing a computer code, right? No one really wants to know that, but they do want to know how this person is uh, feeling and behaving in that situation, right. I guess. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, well, this has been an interesting chat, Mary Lynn. I know. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe someone will listen to this while they're laying down, you know, <laughs> or while they have their house pants on. <laughs> Maybe someone will listen to this on a day when it's like 4 p.m. They don't want to leave the house. Yeah. They but, I mean, you're not... Are you... Uh, are you usually more? I mean, I mean, I feel like this is. No, I feel very, I feel very is, uh, good. Yeah, this is you. I yeah, mean, this is totally me. Yeah. Because on that panel, that was so funny. Because like uh, Julian and um, Andrew. Andrew. Yep. That was. I mean, Andrew was. He had a little miniature stand-up act going on, mm-hmm. including a callback. I was like. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know him, but I was like, wow, it was awesome. You know, he got everybody laughing. He. Uh, yeah, no, this is no, this is very much me. <laughs> yeah, so you know, suck it. Yeah, every yeah, every I was gonna say everybody, and then I stopped myself. Y- yeah, you suck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary Lynn, it's uh, thank you for talking to me, and uh, it's Grand Rapids, it, Michigan. It's been nice. Laugh fest. It's been nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. You are a delight. Oh, thank you. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to another special edition of the Laugh Spin Podcast. Please, by all means, do subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. And check us out on allthingscomedy.com, which is the awesome podcast network we are part of. Thanks again, guys. We will see you soon.